What is up, Bitcoiners? Welcome to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. As always, it's your host, CK, and I'm actually here with a young but incredibly talented and awesome Bitcoiner, William Clemente. Uh, William is part of our team as our on-chain expert, and we had an amazing podcast with Rafael, the CTO of Glassnode. Before we get into the podcast, though, let's talk about William. William, like, welcome to your Bitcoin Magazine uh, podcast debut. Thanks a lot, CK. It's uh, it's awesome to be on. I really enjoyed this conversation with Raphael. I, I had been looking forward to it, but it really kind of blew my expectations out of the water. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought it turned out great. You did a great job, and uh, the listeners are going to love this one. It is absolutely jam-packed with just on-chain analysis, data, um, wisdom about what is actually happening on-chain, as well as a lot of just alpha around like what are the best metrics. So um, all of the uh, all of the metrics that we talked about are in the article and show note associated with this podcast. Um, but yeah, I guess, Will, why don't you kind of just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, you know, you're a young gun jumping into Bitcoin and really... Uh, you know, your understanding of the kind of like macro as well as on-chain is is pretty elite. So I guess, how did you get here? Yeah, sure. So I really gotten into Bitcoin, I want to say in, in late June of last year, kind of took like a, a financial angle to it and then really understanding its place in kind of the macro landscape. And then in the last two, I would say maybe two, three months, I really started going down the whole rabbit hole with, with on-chain data and uh, luckily, you guys, you know, brought me on and I'm um, excited to, to work with you guys and put out more content in, in relation to uh, the on-chain data. So that's pretty much what I'm doing all, all the time and, and what I'm excited to do full time over the summer once I'm done with school for you guys. So, Yeah, let's go. So uh, Bitcoin Magazine listeners out there, get hyped. Will is going to be putting out some amazing content. He's already started putting out great content at Bitcoin Magazine, but we're taking it to the next level and uh, hopefully we can get him even better on-chain analysis so um, he can he can bring even more value. Um, but this podcast wasn't really about Will. Will was asking the questions. This podcast was about Raphael. Um, Raphael helped build Glassnode into uh, one of the um, you know best and uh, most important names in on-chain analytics. Um, Will, what was your take on on this podcast, and what was he, what did you think were the most important tidbits? Yeah, sure. So I, you know, first of all, I think Glassnode is you know like the flagship uh, product in this industry. I think they they really are, are best in class, best in the business. So it was interesting to hear from uh, from those who don't know. You know, Raphael is really the, in there in the trenches on the back end, helping uh, put in some of the data. You know, there, there's a lot of on-chain analysts. I think like the most well-known is Willy Wu, but Raphael has an interesting perspective because he's actually in in the trenches, uh, you know, understanding what what goes into the into the data and the different metrics. So it was interesting to hear his take on a lot of things, um, especially in regards to you know how the, how this cycle might be different. Um, some of the metrics that he's seeing on chain that that make him think that, and then as well, um, just he touched on some things that I think a lot of Bitcoiners are have heard about such as, you know, supply on exchanges, miners not selling, these kinds of things. And then also where we're kind of headed in terms of um, how overheated this cycle is currently and how some of these metrics that we've traditionally used to, to time the, the cycle tops may be invalidated this time around. Yeah. Is this a super cycle? That is kind of the question. Um you know, at least of the past quarter. And, you know, I'm kind of ruined that it is a super cycle, but that's just because I'm always, you know, irresponsibly bullish. So whether that's at the bottom or at the top, always bullish, always be bullish. Um, guys, this was a great podcast and um, it was really bullish. Raphael really, uh, you know, made me feel great about my bullish position just because, you know, he he sees Bitcoin on chain and he is bullish, right? Um, he understands like what is happening every single day. He's really like in the trenches, like Will said. Um, and you know what else is really bullish? The Bitcoin 2021 conference. Uh, Bitcoin 2021 is going to be an absolutely unbelievable gathering. Matt Odell is calling it the 200K party. 
John Vallis, uh, the meister of the 100K party, is going to be there, and so is uh, Michael Saylor. So the chances of a Bitcoin pleb getting onto um, a yacht to celebrate for some sort of six-digit vi- six figure Bitcoin price is very, very high at Bitcoin 2021. Um, so personally, I'm very pumped. I hope to get onto one of those yachts, but um, also not holding my breath because uh, you know, there's just going to be so many things to do and, you know, I'm going to get pulled in so many different directions. Will, I mean, you've been looking at the, at the speaker lineup, you're going to be there helping us out, you know, which speakers are you going to take time in and like mark your calendar off? Like, I got to see this speaker. Gosh, I, I don't think I have any much of a different opinion than, than many Bitcoiners, you know, obviously sailor are going to have to tune in for that one. And then, uh, Jack Dorsey will be interesting to hear from as well. I think. Yeah. Are you going to hang out with Preston Page? I know uh, you two have been talking a lot. Yeah, man. I'm going to hunt him down. I'm going to, I'm going to find him. <laughs> I've been looking forward to chatting with him there and, you know, obviously a couple other guys, but it'll, it'll be good, you know, just to bump into some people that you otherwise wouldn't have access to meeting. So I think it's definitely a must, uh, must attend event. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to kind of like uh, add some more bullishness to that complete Bitcoin takeover Miami the entire week leading up to the conference. I'm personally getting there on the first. Um, The actual conference starts on the fourth. And uh, every single day I'm putting together this satellite events list. And every single day already, there's something going down, whether it's a Bitcoin run, whether that is a Socratic seminar, uh, or whether it is some other type of meetup or party. Um, I think there's a basketball tournament going down. Uh, Larry from the block is uh, organizing things on Twitter, like things are popping off for the Bitcoin conference. So get your tickets because ticket prices are going up and the likelihood of us selling out is uh, like 100%. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off if you use promo code Satoshi. And if you pay with Bitcoin, you can get an additional $50 off. So encourage you to maximize your savings, pay with Bitcoin, use a promo code Satoshi. And yeah, see everyone in Miami. All right, well, let's get into this podcast with Raphael. Bitcoiners, welcome to a very special episode of the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. Uh, As you already know, I'm here with a new co-host. This is William Clemente, uh, who is part of the Bitcoin Magazine team as our on-staff, on-chain analyst and economist. So uh, this guy is young, but he is full of knowledge and wisdom. And we are super excited to be speaking with Raphael Schultzkraft from from Glassnode. He is the CTO and co-founder and uh, again, Glassnode has been making huge waves as just being the premier place to get insight into the Bitcoin blockchain and the Bitcoin ecosystem. Uh, so we are super honored to have uh, Raphael's precious time. How's it going, Raphael? How are you doing? Thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. Perfect. So, Raphael, for the people who are living under a rock, not into on-chain analytics yet, tell them, what is Glassnode? Why are you guys uh, so important? Why is on-chain analytics uh, such a big thing in Bitcoin? Sure. So, um, Glassnode is a market intelligence uh, provider or data provider um, that um, bases their, you know, the metrics um, mostly on on-chain data, um, on-chain data being, you know, the transactional data that is being recorded on the blockchain as new uh, m- blocks get mined. Um, and um, yeah, Black Glassnode was essentially born out of um, our own needs. Um, we wanted to get hands on, um, you know, better data, orthogonal data um, when when investing in, in, in the space, which, um, you know, I think um, is crazy doing and not looking at um, on-chain data um, these days. Um, and so, um, yeah, we what we do is um, essentially, um, you know, um, just pull the raw data from the blockchain um, and feed it into our systems and then, you know, run all our analyses um, in order to create um, metrics that we insert um, to um, to our clients. Um, uh, we started expanding into derivatives data as well as we want to, you know, bridge that gap between what is happening on chain 
and what is uh, you know happening in in the markets um, and that I think you know is a super important um, tool set for any investor um, in 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 the space um, um, and so um, yeah the way I sometimes like to look at it is you know imagine having a um, you know insights into any account in you know the US into any bank accounts knowing how much money is in those how much money is being moved between those and you know there's sort of you know the the analogy that um, on chain give can give you with um, you know much more um, and nicer properties as well yeah absolutely and we're gonna kind of dig into like the revolution of a open public permissionless ledger as a financial system later on. Um, but want to kind of dig in uh, more specifically on Glassnode and your role there. You're the CTO. Like, what does that actually kind of entail? And you know, what's your role in in kind of constructing these cutting edge these cutting edge ways to look at this data? Because uh, you know, you're not just parsing this data, but you're really like you're creating ways to even like understand what the data and blockchain information is telling us. Yeah, so um, exactly. So I think, um, you know, my background is actually in, in computational neuroscience, right? I have no, 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 no background whatsoever um, in, you know, in finance and in traditional markets and so on. Um, I come from a from a very technical background, you know, that allowed me to to dig to, you know, learn to program to 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 dig into machine learning, um, data analytics, all the AI related topics, and and so you know as a CTO, I think um, that's that's where where you know where I bring in um, a lot of my expertise that is complemented by by those um, of my my co-founders Jan and Jan who who have more the the background in investing and in in finance, um, right? Um, and you're absolutely right. I think you know we have. This um, open ledger data that is essentially, you know, publicly accessible to anyone, any, anyone could, you know, just potentially go dig in um, and, um, you know, extract the data and, and the insights. Um, but um, yeah, there is, uh, there's, there's nuances to that, um, and there is, you know, huge technical overhead because if you just look at the raw data as it is, you know, in any kind of data set out there, um, if you look at physics um, or or, or anything else in in, in 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 you know in natural sciences, um, it's it's very noisy, right? You'll not be able to to extract any kind of um, real signal or any information from it if uh, if you just look at the raw data. And I think um, that's that's what we try to do. We try to really um, implement that layer between you know raw Bitcoin on-chain data and real actionable information and insights and there's a lot of things get that 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 go into that layer right um it can be you know as simple as an aggregate such as hey how many um you know active addresses did we see in the past hour um up to much more complex things where we really dig deeper um and um apply heuristics um and um you know clustering algorithms um much more advanced methodologies uh, really in order to 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 go into this vertical um path of dissecting um these movements of funds between entities between you know uh the major driving forces in this market such as exchanges and miners and 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 really assess you know what is the investor behavior that we can gawk from 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 looking at this data um and yeah that's that's sort of you know the the direction we have taken and Raphael, can you describe uh the process in which you extract this data like do you guys run multiple nodes or how does that process work Exactly. We set up um, we set up our own nodes. Um, we have uh, we have a couple of nodes um, set up um, geographically across across the globe. Um, just you know, for it's 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 good to to have some some a bit of um, you know just good for reliability really. Um, in case uh, in case um, one fails, um, we we listen to the blockchain um, to the network. Uh, we pull in the data as a new block at mind. We feed it into our systems into a format that we can work with better, and then start building out um, the the metrics on top of of that raw data. 
Awesome. And what do you think the key uh, benefits are of having a completely transparent blockchain that you can draw data from in this digital economy versus uh, in the traditional economy where things aren't as transparent? I think uh, the major benefit it's, is that anything is verifiable, right? Um, you don't you don't have that anywhere else. And in fact, you don't have that anywhere else in the the crypto space, right? And I think that's a key point here, right? Um, when we started this endeavor in you know 2017 with all the ICO craze, with all you know the new exchanges actually popping out of, of, of the grounds. Um, there's there's a bunch of reports of you know wash trading or you know um, exchanges reporting fake volumes um, you know manipulating um, them. Um, that's you don't have that on chain, right? On chain is incorruptible data that you know is verifiable by anyone and that will be there forever um, in in its current state. Um, and I think that for us. Uh, was was insanely important to to really have that you know as asymmetrical information on top of everything else. Um, I think it's uh it's it's beautiful. So Raphael, can you talk a little bit about like Bitcoin's history a little bit? We are quote unquote in the new bear, uh, bull market, the 2020 2021 bull market. Um, but we've seen other bull and bear markets in the past, the 2013, 2017. Um, kind of looking back, can you point to differences that you're seeing with what we're experiencing now versus what on-chain data is kind of showing uh, from the past? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, um, you know, on the one hand, um, Bitcoin is um, has been moving very mechanically, right? Like insanely mechanically. If you look at those cycles, you know how they just go up and down, you know, really, really matching um, the, the the halving cycles. Um, it's it's astonishing to see how, how predictable this has been um, so far. Um, so so yeah, one on the one hand we have sort of you know this 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 repetition of of, of the market. Um, um, on the other hand, we have you know very uh, clear structural differences, right? If you start you know in 2013 and so on with you know essentially just a single exchange um, where you could uh, go in and, and buy your 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 Bitcoin, um, very hard to to access. Um, 2017, um, where you know many more started popping up, um, everything sort of went a bit more mainstream. Very retail-driven, though, um, and and I think what we're seeing now is just um, is the result of the development that has been happening um, over the past four years, right? And what I mean by that is simply the 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 maturity of the infrastructure that just wasn't available um, in 2017, um, which is um, absolutely necessary for you know serious money. Um, to 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 come in and invest, right? Um, and I think that right now is um, is is the big difference, right? It's institutions um, and institutional capital flowing in. Um, I think you know we all know from public companies um, and their official announcements. Um, we're we're having other conversations, um, you know, with with funds, with family offices, um, uh, that uh, you know that show similar interest, um, you know. Uh, at least are looking into it, um, and those processes, of course, are um, a bit longer than you know for 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 retail investors. But um, I think that you know the that infrastructure um, and that institutional uh, money is um, is the biggest uh, difference that that we currently see. And do you have any thoughts on the uh, the reduction of supply on exchanges? This has been something that's really been buzzing on Twitter. It's something I've been putting out a, a couple posts about as well, but I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on, on what's actually causing that? Yeah, a good question. Um, I, I agree. It's a, it's a very predominant narrative that, that has been, has been, has been circulating Twitter for quite a bit now. Um, listen, I think um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's hard to tell to a hundred percent. Right, um, you know what what is happening, but I think that there is there is clear indications, um, and I think one of them is um, 
very much related to this institutional movement that we're seeing, right? Those are big players that, um, you know, probably will not buy up the order books on a spot exchange, right? Um, given that, you know, the infrastructure um, has developed so much that there is all these um, new, you know, custodial services um, and, and other financial services, um, OTC desks um, that, that have the necessary infrastructure in place in order to serve these institutional clients. Um, I think much of that um, goes 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 into into that, right? Um, it's it's not always a hundred percent. You know, it like we're not always a hundred percent capable of, of of really pinpointing that, right? But we see it in the complexity of on-chain movements, the amounts of, of, of on-chain movements um, that come from exchanges. Um, so I think that's that's the main driver. I'd like to think that the other one is increased um, educational, um, you know, sort of like self-custody uh, mindset of, of, of retail investors. Um, but but that we see much less, at least, you know, from, from how we interpret the data, because um, it's it's mostly you know larger movements um, that point to to that depletion um, of a, on exchanges. Um, that being said, right, um, I think um, there's there's nuances when you look at this data. If you, for instance, most of it that we have seen um, is essentially Coinbase, right? Um, and with Coinbase, we know that you know they 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 serve institutionals, right? They have a custody service, um, and so um, on chain, it's not always. 100% clear to differentiate, you know, is this a, you know, spot exchange wallet? Is this a custody wallet? Is this, uh, there's clear indications and often it's, it's, it's very, very transparent, right? To know that this is a cold wallet or a hot wallet, but, um, but, um, um, but it's, it's, it has become much, much more complex, right? Um, and so I think, you know, if you, if you would remove um, Coinbase from from that analysis, then you see that it's actually rather flat, right? We have seen actually increases, for instance, in Binance, where we believe this is, a lot of that is 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 retail driven, right? Um, uh, we, for instance, also track um, uh, for Gemini, we track um, custodial um, wallets as well. That has seen a lot of increase as well, right? So so you kind of see that institutional narrative in many of the data points that we're currently observing um, on chain. So you touched on a bunch of different players there. It's very interesting to hear that Coinbase is one of the biggest in terms of the reduction, as well as the fact that you are very keen on uh, kind of differentiating between uh, your ability to tell if it's a exchange wallet, spot exchange wallet, or if it's like a custodial wallet. I can imagine a lot of coins leaving Coinbase are just going straight into Coinbase institutional custody, um, you know, so... Uh, but I guess one of the key parties in the Bitcoin ecosystem that you didn't mention there um, is miners. And, uh, you know, Will started to point out, you know, there's a trend of miners not selling per se. Um, this is also something that Preston Pish has kind of like predicted uh, before the halving in terms of saying like the halving is going to, you know, is going to kill the the weaker players. The stronger players are going to get more dominant, and then they're they're going to be in a position to not sell. Um, like, can you talk a little bit about what we're seeing from a, a minor perspective on chain? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, so yeah, I think uh, miners, you know, traditionally um, were a bit more inclined to to you know just move their coins uh, once once they're mined, right? We see that historically um, that you know at, at least on average. Um, that has been the case, which has structurally changed a bit um, over the, over the past year, um, and 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 then recently as well. Even though you know you know we we always see these fluctuations depending on um, on you know where in the market we currently are, um, and so you know we saw some outflows um, or increased outflows, I would say, um, you know up to you know, 40k or so. Um, that has has come has essentially come back down and, and 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 we see that you know um accumulation is um is going on again um with with respect to miners but um i i also think that that, that sometimes those those movements are, are a bit overestimated um because the volumes are just not really significant right if you look at you know how much that actually is that is um you know being moved out of or into 
uh, minor wallets with respect to you know everything else you know that is going in and out of exchanges for instance um, or in the network in general that is settled on chain um, it's it's not you know it's not significant right um, and so I think um, people traditionally have you know been overestimating that um, influence um, too much at least you know also with respect to to the whole minor capitulation and, and, and sellout um, narrative that uh, that you know were, was very prominent for for many many years can you talk a little bit about what you see of the role of miners in the bitcoin ecosystem as well as the flow of bitcoins in general um it sounds like you know miner selling is not a huge part of over overall flows but um you know i i personally I hear a lot of let's call it FUD or uncertainty about like the you know the the long term life cycle of you know the Bitcoin incentive structure and you know kind of how miners could have a negative impact on on the overall system. I'm just kind of curious based on what you see so far um, on chain. You know what's the role of miners? How confident do you feel in Bitcoin's incentive structure in the long term regarding miners? Kind of based on you know what you've been able to observe historically. Yeah, I mean, you know, I base my my opinions solely on the on the on the data that I've seen so far, right, and that I'm currently seeing. And and there is at this point nothing sort of you know that that points in towards a bearish uh, future with respect to miners, right? I think the incentives are there. Uh, miners are highly profitable, right? Um, I am they 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 there there's a huge conviction. Um, for, for for them to huddle at this point, right? Especially given um, you know other services that, that that allow them to you know potentially just borrow in you know uh, for in in order to cover their their opex and capex and, and everything, right? So um, that that whole you know minor capitulation narrative and that dystopian future um, that is always sometimes you know trying to to be painted by you know. Um, folks spreading fud um at this stage um it's 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 really hard for me to to actually you know see something um that points into that direction cool so i wanted to kind of shift a little bit more towards um some like specific metrics and and different kinds of things um so i was just curious what are you seeing in terms of where we kind of are in in the broader cycle um you know what kind of what phase of, of the bull market are we in if you will yeah uh good question so um i think based on historic data i would say um we might be um you know potentially halfway through somewhere um it's always hard to pinpoint um very very uh, very very clearly but um you know roughly in that ballpark um i think what um what we have to what we have to take care of and what I'm very, very curious about is, you know, how the cycle will actually play out, right? Because, you know, all of us, we're, we know that, you know, things have changed and things are different um, now than they were in the, in the previous cycles, right? So what is the influence on, you know, those metrics, right? Um, we often compare to you know previous cycles and you know where are we you know if you know in terms of 2017 um and so on and so forth um and um but but you know we know we also know that there is there's no other players in the space that will behave differently um in 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 this bull market so what what will that mean for 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 you know for the metrics that that we look at um and um you know I'm, I always take a very pragmatic approach, right? And um, as as long as I don't I don't see an indication that the models and the data um, are are wrong, you know, then then I base my 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 decisions um, on them as long as as this is true. Um, but you know, whether this is going to be a double top or you know a uh, what is it super cycle, um, you know, um, or, or something like that, um, we'll 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 see. Um, uh, I think um, I I look I I look at the data every day um, and base my my you know, predictions or or my uh, my opinions um, uh, based on what I currently see and then adapt from there um, if something structurally changes. Awesome. And are you seeing anything uh, correlating with this whole uh, basically narrative that 
that U.S. institutions are kind of driving this this bull cycle as kind of an undercurrent of this bull cycle? Um, I mean, yeah, there's there's some there's some indications for that, right? I think you know depletion of supply on exchanges. Um, we're seeing we've seen um, a huge increase in um, in whales um, on chain um, at least until till the the beginning of the year. Um, right. Um, I think, um, a lot of, uh, you know, the infrastructure outside of, of on-chain such as, um, you know, funds, um, you know, grayscale, the ETFs, um, and so on, um, are, are a good indicator for that. Um, so there's definitely some of that. Um, and, um, we've also seen a significant increase in um, retail recently, um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, that, you know, have come from my perspective, they have arrived after the institutionals were here. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's something that, um, you know, very curious to, to keep observing, um, how that actually, um, is, is being reflected in, in, in data. Awesome. And do you think these, uh, these lending and borrowing providers like BlockFi, I think is, is the biggest example. Do you think they're kind of implementing this underlying leverage to this bull market um, in greater terms than previous ones? Uh, they they probably have a significant influence, right? I don't know if significant, but but I think that's that's something that that plays into it, right? Um, I mean, it, it, look at look at 2017. Um, essentially, the whole derivatives market, um, you know, was was not available until what December 2017, I think, the first Bitcoin future started, right? So that whole run up back then was solely re- solely retail driven, right? Um, now you have you have the features, you have the derivatives, you have you know borrowing and lending services, um, you have you know custody, institutional custody. There's there's so many drivers there um, that I think um, are are influencing what we're currently seeing, um, and and that's that's you know that's the actual structural difference to the previous markets um, uh, or to the previous cycles. Um, and, and that's where I'm, what I'm most, most curious um, and interested to see how that sort of like play out, plays out um, within, within the next couple of, of months. Raphael, you kind of hinted at this as you try to keep your opinion based on the data, um, but you didn't really give a, a, a solid answer on what your current outlook is kind of based on what you're seeing. You're talking about the like the fundamental differences with Bitcoin. I've been saying that this is the first cycle where Bitcoin is a legitimate asset. And I think that that is a fundamentally different thing. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, what is your actual outlook, um, let's call it, for the for the next 18 months, kind of based on what you're seeing? And uh, do you believe in this super cycle or any of these other narratives? Um, yeah, so I, I think... <laughs> I, I'm of course, you know, my answer to this will be very fuzzy. Um, um, I'm not going to give any numbers, um, but um, but but you know, I I, I think um, at this point, um, uh, you're completely right. Um, uh, this is a legitimate asset, and I think um, it it almost feels you know irresponsible to not to have you know some money allocated in this, right? I think you know this is this is you know like the opportunity of, of, of our generation. Um, I am seeing um, a lot of upside um, within the next uh, couple of months, right? Um, we all know, you know, many of the the the, the top models that, that, that people have that are pointing to towards, you know, 200K, 300K, um, the, the super cycle believers that think that this cycle will will reach, um, you know, a million. Um, I, I really take this on a, on a, on a week to week basis, right? Without having those huge outlooks, um, but rather, you know, really gawk, um, where are we currently and is something on chain structurally changing, right? With respect to what are the long-term investors doing, right? All those dormant coins are, are they coming suddenly, you know, back to life because, you know, the, um, the the opportunity costs of holding bitcoin you know are too high um what uh, what do you know uh the supply on on exchanges continue to do um what um are um sort of you know these these previous indicators that have pointed towards very clear 
um, cycle tops, you know, where are we um, with respect to those? Um, um, is there still room to grow um, or not? Um, what um, are the futures markets doing? The, the options, how, how bullish and bearish um, are they? So um, I, I look at this really on a week to week basis um, and, you know, try to gog, you know, where this where this is going within the next months uh, or within the next month, essentially, you know, whether this lasts half a year or a year, 18 months um, or, you know, unexpectedly, maybe even longer because of, of, of uh, the, the, the capital inflow that we have seen. It's all possible. No one knows, um, but um, the data can can hint to to many many of these things, um, and I think that's absolutely necessary. And you had touched on this a little bit, but what are you seeing in the behavior of those long term holders? I think you know two metrics that I had looked at this morning where it was dormancy, and you saw dormancy really spike up about a month ago, and then you know right around when Tesla had announced, it kind of just dropped off a cliff, and then as well when you know when you look at longer term holder net position, you know, they really started ramping up selling around like 27K to 32K. And then they've completely dropped off a cliff selling since then. So are you seeing anything else? Um, and how does that compare to, to previous cycles where they kind of sell into strength? And then do you think they're just waiting for higher prices to sell? Um, absolutely. I mean, I see, I'm seeing the same thing that, that, that you're seeing, right? Um, um, it didn't. It doesn't matter if you look at, you know, coin is destroyed, um, you know, supply that has been last active um, X years ago. Um, even things like, um, you know, um, the, the, the lifespan uh, average um, or, or median lifespan. If, uh, there's really many metrics where you can sort of, you know, assess um, these long-term holder behaviors. And, and it is exactly what you said, right? We saw that we saw that ramp up, um, a lot of people taking profits, you know, many of those dormant coins were, uh, came back into circulation, um, were, were sold. And, and now this is, this is, this has been dropping again, right? That's, that's a super, um, bullish sign from my perspective, right? And that is, that is an actual sign that, you know, this is not over yet, right? Um, because if it was, you know, that curve would still be, um, spiking up, right? We would see more of that. Um, we would be, we would see more of those, those, those holders, um, you know, uh, cashing out, de-risking their, their, their portfolios, um, and, and, and really, um, yeah, just, you know, selling for, for the sake of, of, of profits. Um, so this, this has been coming down, which, which I feel is, is, um, is a, is a very positive sign and, and one that points that, you know, we're not close to a top yet. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well. When you look at minor net position, they, it was the same kind of deal. You know, you saw right around like high 20s, low 30s, they started ramping up selling as well. And they've since, you know, stopped. And then that indicator flipped green the last week or so. I just I just find that very interesting. And I think it makes a lot of sense, right? Because it, it was exactly that, that period where... Um, you know, we hit the previous all-time high, so that sort of, you know, that that maybe you know people that that were that just hit, you know, break even or so that bought the previous top. Um, you know, stuff like this, where 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 I think um, those those weaker hands, um, you know, we're just taking profits, um, uh, sold into to to, to the market, um, into strong hands, um, and now you know that that has depleted again. Um, and now it's, uh, you know, we're at, what, 50, 55, and, and we're not seeing that currently um, with, with, with most recent news. So I think it's, um, that's bullish. And how about in terms of short-term holders or, or retail? Can you see anything on-chain that's really indicating? I, I know I, I talked with Checkmate the other day, and he said that he could see that retail was here. So would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, retail is here. I think um, we've seen a huge spike in in the increase of, of network um, entities, essentially. So, so, so really, cluster of addresses that 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 you know that are new to 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 the network. Um, so, I think um, it's it's very clear that they have been arriving in the in the last uh, couple of of, um, of weeks, um, uh, maybe two months. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, that interplay between, you know, institutional money and, and you know, that, that sort of like second wave of, of, of retail that has, um, has been approaching um, in, the, in the past couple of weeks. Awesome. And I'm just curious, what are some of your favorite metrics on chain to look at? Like, what are, what are the ones that you check every morning and, and like to get updated <laughs> That's that's a tough one because I spend so much time <laughs> on 
on on our charts and i spent so much time you know looking at all kinds of different things um i i all often base uh what i'm looking at um you know a bit on 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 price action um a bit on a bit on you know am i looking more into trying to gog whether you know what kind of of a dip is this or you know if we're if you're you know we're at the towards the end of a correction whether you know it might be a good um um entry point to stack some more sats um um or you know whether i'm really trying to gog uh, more sort of like 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 the big picture right so i think for 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 short term things um um you know things that i like to look at is is soper um this is one of 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 the beautiful ones um but then off chain is is the funding rate um, of course um that that sort of you know gives you a good indication of of you know a sort of current current sentiment and um whether things are are potentially a bit over leveraged um um i always keep an eye on 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 really um the the hodlers um so the long term investors um again i think you can look at that sort of a bit from a more macro perspective so you know what is sort of you know the average behavior and how is has it been trending over the last couple of of weeks and months but also you know if suddenly you know there's a spike of um older coins uh, coming back into into circulation um i i keep an eye on 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 these smart market cycle indicators um you know stuff like um like the net unrealized profit loss um uh, like the reserve risk um the am mvrvz um you know market cap the thermal cap um really right try to gawk you know how is that sort of like behaving in terms of you know the direction that we're heading towards um yeah i mean i could go on and on um it's um one thing that i've been that i've been um very um interested in and and actually um you know su- surprised to see to that amount is is really the amount of on chain activity of sort of like realized uh, price and 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 realized price distributions at these levels right which really points towards a lot of capital flowing in um and and, and very strong um on chain supports um so um yeah um it's a it's a tough question many people ask me you know like what what do you what what's your favorite metric what what do you look at um and and then this changes so so fast um um and and then suddenly i see myself oh I haven't looked at this, you know, um, for three days because I've been so focused on this other set of of of, of exchanges, um, of of metrics. Sorry, um, yeah, exchange metrics, of course. Um, even though I don't um I don't look at um, at exchange metrics um on on this very high frequent periods, right? Those spikes of of you know of of I don't know 10k moving out or so. Um, Often those are really, you know, um, internal transfers of P- of exchanges reshuffling into a new wallet, um, right? Um, um, and that's something, you know, we have all kinds of algorithms um, in place to to detect those, and 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 we do for the, for the most cases. But um, sometimes, you know, if a new wallet is being created, a new address that has never been seen in the network, it's just impossible, right? Um, and so, um, um, with respect to those, I I, I rather look at um, at the macro perspective of of the trends um, and see, you know, look at if that trend actually changes um, and how that differs across exchanges. Um, um, yeah. Many, I, I many. It's, I suppose it's it's important to get confluence across multiple indicators, right? You can't just go off of one thing and draw a conclusion. It is. This is this is a multi-dimensional space, man. I think um, it's it's super important to 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 just look out for for all these different factors um, that that give you um, a bit of a different edge and a bit of a different insight and in, in what what is happening um you'll i think you will not get otherwise you know we would be we'd be building a product where we create you know one super metric um and you know just sell that one uh, for a lot of money um and that would be enough uh, for people to 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 gawk where we are and where we're heading and you know whether we're um reaching a top and and what the network is doing that's just simply not the case um there's there's so many uh, different angles to this um and i think um it's important to take all of those into account 
So I wanted to ask about two specific metrics. Um, the first one was SOPR, which I think like for the audience, they might gain some value out of understanding that. And the second one was uh, the URPD. And um, I, had, I had been looking at this recently, and it's very interesting that you see the amount of capital flowing. I think Willie Wood posted that over 10% of, of Bitcoin's money supply has moved over the $1 trillion market cap. So what does that really signal um, in terms of in terms of how to interpret the data? Because it seems like that's the largest cluster of volume since like ten to eleven thousand dollars last year. That's that's absolutely correct. That's that's what I just uh, hinted at, right? That it actually has has been a bit surprising uh, to me that this that there is so much on chain volume within these ranges, right? And therefore, it points towards a lot of conviction and a lot of verification that these prices are legitimate, right? Um, and and that people are expecting more upside, right? So it sort of like forms this cluster around, you know, the the fifty three to 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 sixty, um, right? The, the current range that we are in that that serves as a as a, a major support um, uh, on chain. Um, um, if you compare that, you know, to I don't know. 20s right 20 to 30k that there's there's essentially nothing there right um i mean it has always it has also to do that we sort of you know surpassed that range very fast um i think it was i don't know two weeks or so that we were in there but um that capital inflow that we're currently seeing and we're seeing in in the urpd is um is um is is really amazing i think um it, this is this is extremely bullish um so it's something i'm keeping my my um my my eyes on very closely as well and then um with respect to soper um so yeah, for those that don't know um soper essentially gives you um a um um a an indication of um all the, the 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 volume that we see on chain, whether that is uh, being moved, um, you know, in, at a profit or at a loss, right? Um, and to which extent? Um, so Soper is very nice, um, sort of like you know, to go whether um, a lot of profit movements are happening on chain, and that you know, if that overextends, um, you know, that can always become a bit dangerous um, um, and so you're what you're always looking at especially in bull markets is to really have these resets back to to one right where 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 we sort of like hit the, the neutral line um, that serves you know for potential um, leg up um, as well um, I was actually looking at it this morning um, I think um, on the hourly um, I, I look at I think three or six hour uh, moving average um, we're we're at that neutral line um, right um, so so um, yeah um, I think um, it's a uh, it, it it could be a, a good um, or, or it, it was I don't know how it looks it was a couple of hours ago um, a good um, good entry point as well um, so so yeah these these are these are super um, super exciting metrics um, and and some that I that I look at every day as well Awesome. And and so one other question kind of on that note, how do you guys filter out this uh, entity adjusted, you know, you have like entity adjusted SOPR and some of these other metrics, what goes into clustering and then the kind of algorithms that you guys have in place to, to create those data points? Sure. So I think um, many of those things uh, come from, you know, from the from the UTXO design of, of, of Bitcoin, right, where you can essentially identify patterns um, of, um, you know, UTXOs that are spent together, um, and, you know, what of those are flowing in what kind of address types um, there is. Um, there's there's really like a, a variety of, of heuristics that you can apply and then you can do go beyond that, you know, and then apply sort of, you know, machine learning methods or um, statistical pattern recognition um, where you actually um, look at, you know, address balances in, in, in you know, transaction sizes and um, all kinds of, of, of different things um, that then, um, you know, group those addresses with um, a, you know, with a certain probability um, with, you know, um, a very high probability in, in that case, right? Um, and so, the beautiful thing about that is then um, if you have the, those clusters of addresses, you can then um, essentially for all the metrics that you have, simply filter out all transactions that happen within addresses um, that belong to that same cluster, right? Because ultimately that might just not 
you know, points towards um, actual economic throughput, right? What you're interested in is really not, you know, if um, coins from, you know, my hot wallet are moving into my um, into my hardware wallet, but um, but if I'm actually, you know, selling those or if I'm transferring those to to a different entity, that of course, you know, it's it's a probabilistic space, right? So you can't always tell for sure. But um, you can tell to an extent that um, gives you a much, 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 much better signal um, and underlying number um, um, as compared to, you know, just looking at the raw data. All right, Raphael, here's the uh, million dollar question here that everybody wants to know. How do you know how to time the cycle? When does everybody need to cash out? <laughs> what, what, are some of the, what are some of the indicators that you look to see that this cycle is really getting kind of overheated? Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that is a good question. And um, <laughs> again, I think um, I think we'll 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 have to see how this plays out because you know things are different now, right? So um, are those metrics that you know we're pointing towards those um, those cycle tops? Are they uh, you know are are they going to be predictive again? Right? Um, essentially, um, big to to time Bitcoin tops, um, I feel is is much more difficult than than uh, than the bottoms, um, uh, of course. Uh, I mean, just in, in especially in this in this um, in this uh, cycle, I think it will be even more so um, because um, it you know those metrics could be underestimating um, the levels to which we uh, we will go. Um, but uh, you know, who knows? Um, some of the just to name two. Um, uh, yeah, it's sort of like metric um, families that, that that I look at, and I think um, I, I pointed towards those um, um, already um, in our um, before. Um, one of those is is those uh, market cycle indicators, right? Um, the ones that that really have you know been very very predictive. Those oscillators across those those major cycles, right? That's that's something that I that I keep my my eyes on. And um, for instance, uh, if you look at Nopal, um, if you if it if it's sort of you know the unrealized um, um, profits um, with respect to to the to the current market cap, if they cross um, um, you know seventy five percent, eighty percent or so, um, previously you know that that the kind of you know starts. Moving towards, uh, you know, towards ranges that that could point um, towards something that where we might be uh, close, um, actually a bit higher, I guess, more more the eighty to ninety percent uh, range. Um, and then um, the other one is um, really the huddles, the huddle waves, right? Um, uh, long term, long term investors, um, you know, if 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 there is a lot of if if opportunity costs to hold Bitcoin for whatever reasons um, uh, become too high, if they see you know more, um, um, yeah, uh, if they're inclined to, to 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 start moving and to start selling, um, then um, that's that's something where well, I'll be very cautious and, and where I will keep my 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 eyes on very very closely. Um, yeah, just to mention two of of the things that I that I look at to to sort of like gog those those cycle tops. Awesome. And, you know, I think it goes back to the whole thing about confluence, right? Because something like, like Nubble looks like it's getting pretty toppy a little, you know, it's getting up close to that, that 0.75 mark. But, you know, some some different indicators that you had touched on, you know, they're looking like they still have some room to run. Um, so I wanted to transition the conversation a little bit into what do you kind of see the, uh, the future of on-chain analytics becoming, especially, you know, as we move towards this uh more digital economy and kind of like a hyper Bitcoinization world, if you will. Yeah, it's. Um, I think you know uh, we know we know we now know that this is here to stay, right? This is a legitimate asset, um, and and this is um, you know uh, the, the 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 big boys are here, and 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 the big money is here. Um, so um, crypto intelligence, Bitcoin intelligence, and and the data that is being used for that um, is um, is absolutely necessary, right? And um, I think no one. Um, coming into the space, um, you know, really seriously to stay here um, is is going to do this um, without looking at data. And I think that you know, on chain just gives you that additional edge that traditional markets can't, right? Um, and um, I think it's 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 almost stupid, you know, to invest um, in the space without 
keeping a close eye on you know network data um so i think um this is this is very very crucial um as we move forward as well and as more players are in the space um as you know um things just develop um and become more mature um the the on-chain dynamics are also change right and we've seen that right whether it's you know security reasons or privacy reasons you know the the way people transact whether it's you know second layers such as you know the lightning network um you know all the infrastructure that 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 has been I- implemented where we see you know uh, exchange uh, flows are are much more complex than they used to be uh, a couple of years ago um that um that is that is, that is knowledge um, and that is um you know um those are challenges that that that, that we face and and where we try to stay you know um ahead of um, ahead of everything and 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 really try to um you know um deep as deep um dig really as deep as as necessary in order to to keep providing um that um that 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 signal and and those numbers um that are um necessary for investors for fundamental researchers for for anyone um um uh, interested in the space um and i think um this this will, if anything, this will become more and more important um, as we move forward. Awesome. And one last question for me is just um, where can the audience go to just kind of learn more about on-chain and, and kind of dip their toes in the water? I know you guys have like Glassnode Academy. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, you know, um, Twitter is definitely a good place Um um, although sometimes it's it's hard to separate the signal from the noise there as well. So, um, but we all know that. Um, and so, exactly, we have um, we have um, um, a newsletter, um, and um, and we often um, you know uh, do reports um, where we try to sort of you know combine. Um, the educational aspect of on-chain um, with, you know, what it is currently telling us uh, about the markets. Um, we have um, Academy, um, exactly, where we uh, try to um, increase in, uh, the, 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 the explainers for the metrics um, that we have. Um, we're, um, we'll be releasing a bunch of, bunch of uh, more uh, educational content together with, um, with Checkmatey that is helping us um, a lot there. Video content as well um, on the metrics that we have. So um, yeah, I think um, a lot of um, um, a lot of good things uh, coming there, and a lot of um, you know more educational content um, that people can start um, uh, using uh, to to dig uh, deeper into on-chain analytics. Yeah, absolutely. I think Check Beatty is doing a uh, a monthly series on Bitcoin Magazine as well. So the first one is available on Bitcoin Magazine, kind of yeah. an introduction to on-chain analytics and analysis. Um, Raphael, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you talked about a lot of different metrics. So we're going to pull all of them together and make sure that all of them are in the show notes. So for all the listeners, if you heard some acronyms that you just don't know what they mean, uh, all the resources will be in the show notes, but you can also check out Glassnode to uh, learn more about all those metrics. Raphael, I want to give you a chance to uh, have a last word as well as kind of plug uh, the different tiers and levels of like the Glassnode uh, uh, analytics suite. Yeah, sure. So um, we have essentially three plans, um, right? A lot of uh, our metrics we give out for free um, on, on on the standard plan, so you can you know, sign up and and really um, start um, looking at those metrics. Um, our newsletter is free as well. Um, a lot of free content that we have. Um, then uh, we have essentially two paid plans. The one is the the advanced plan, uh, more targeted towards you know retail um, and and you know sort of like lower frequency uh, metrics. And then our professional package um, that essentially gives you uh, full access to everything that we have and everything that we produce and and that we will produce um and um yeah we we keep uh, pushing new metrics and new content um on a weekly basis so i think uh, the best thing is you know just stay alert um on 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 twitter um and and keep checking out the um our platform um many many exciting things coming in in the future there speaking of twitter where can people follow you as well as glassnet yeah, so Glassnode is simply at Glassnode. Um, I am uh, at Neocortex. Uh, the first E is a three. Um, so that's the best way to to reach out and, and, and to follow some of the stuff that we do. 
Okay, awesome. Well, again, uh, big fan. Uh, I think you guys have really democratized access to this information, which is one of the most important things. So thank you so much for making so much of this information free and available just to uh, the average uh, Bitcoin and retail um, enthusiasts out there. Um, you guys make sure to follow me at CK underscore snarks and at Bitcoin magazine and want to plug Will. Uh, Will, uh, why, why don't you tell people where they can follow you? You got to follow this guy. He's putting out such good information. He's diving really deep into Glassnode um, and and sharing a lot of that stuff out on, on Twitter as well. Yeah, I just want to show Glassnode a little bit. I'm sure if any of the listeners get on there, you're going to just find yourself on there for multiple hours a day, digging through the different data points. But uh, my Twitter is W Clementi and then three uh, eyes at the end because I am third. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this was educational. Again, Rafael, I know you're very busy. So thank you for the time. This was an absolutely amazing podcast. Uh, give us those five star reviews and make sure to share this podcast out. Get it out far and wide. Thanks so much. And with that, peace. Thank you, guys. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.